If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Four ball comes out of the hands of Newton. It's on the ground and still on the ground. Picked up by T.J. Ward at the four-yard line. Vaughn Miller did it again. Alabama back on top of the college football world. Football to the max. Your host, Sean Garmer, Gary Vaughn, and Randy Isbell. Hello and welcome to another edition of Football to the Max. And yes, uh, we are here. Uh, this time on the day we're supposed to be. Uh, so, you know, heading towards, uh, yes, we do have a holiday, uh, Easter on Sunday. And uh, then... We'll be getting out of the NFC North. Uh, in the nick of time, I was able to get interviews for the Packers and Lions. Uh, literally at the last minute almost with the Lions person. I uh, thought I might actually have to make you guys wait, do the interview at 4 in the morning, and then have a start, which has been weird. And then uh, luckily he was like, oh, can we just do it now? I'm like, yes, let's please do it now. <laughs> so uh, that worked out really well. But... You guys, I mean, it's been a couple of days. Uh, any plans for the Easter? Uh, you know, uh, we are going to be doing our normal thing over at my house. Uh, we, you know, we usually have a go to the church service, and uh, my daughter got her blue dress, which she's excited about. She feels like she's Cinderella. Um, it's been oh. a few days uh, going looking for glass slippers, which, you know, unsuccessful. Apparently, people don't just make glass slippers. I, I had to disappoint her with that. Uh, but we got other fun stuff in store for her, some fun Easter egg hunting and some other things. So at least that's a positive thing. Hey, Gary, she can just borrow mine. It's okay. I haven't used them in a while. Oh, good, good. Thank you. You're a lifesaver. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, so, yeah, and Randy, he kind of lucks out this year. He's not having to worry about, you know, hauling the kid around for Easter. But, you know, it's okay, you know. Yeah, just more more time to watch uh, some Elite Eight games, and we'll play way more of this Kingdom Hearts 2 game, which 
I, I swear I'm seeing in my sleep. I've been playing so much of it. This week. <laughs> I haven't played as much as Randy, but sometimes when they're going, I got us. I have so much more of this game. There's no way I'm finishing it by Sunday night. Well, I don't know how I would yeah. feel. Of, I don't know how I'd feel with you know Haley Joe Osmond going around in my dreams. His voice, at least. Uh, especially his uh, after sort of hitting puberty voice or whatever that's supposed to be. <laughs> um, it's uh, really funny. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, I'm going to be at work in the morning. They're having me work Sunday and Monday morning so that they don't have to give me so many vacation hours for that first week. Um, so... Uh, even though I have 75 hours of vacation that these people owe me. Uh, but uh, either way, uh, I will not. She'll be going to church. Uh, that's all I know of. And then if they do any kind of Easter egg hunting, I probably will not be there. Um, that sort of seems to work out for me with these holidays. Uh, damn job. Uh, but, uh, you know. It is what it is when you have a real life sometimes. Uh, you know, as Gary said on the podcast we just finished, sometimes it's always nice to think about when you were a kid and you didn't have to worry about the real life things. Uh, you know, like your kids get to enjoy now. So, But, uh, well, at least uh, there's one guy that seems happy. Uh, as happy as you can be about joining the Cleveland Browns. Yes, I'm talking about Robert Griffin III has finally joined a team, for God's sakes. Um, He has joined the Cleveland Browns on a two-year deal. The Browns are still saying they're going to draft somebody, which would be the smart thing. Uh, RG3 is saying that he will take the drafted QB under his wing. It seems like RG3 thinks he's going to start. Yeah, uh, you know, we've talked about it on this podcast, and I've heard other people around media uh, talk about this, but RG3 wasn't interested in going anywhere where he didn't have that option to start. He wasn't really wanting to be a backup. I think he figured if he was a backup, he was going to end up a career backup. But, you know, I don't know. I don't know what his expectations are. Um, they paid him pretty decently here. Uh, you know, two uh, years for $15 million, uh, $6 million guaranteed on that first year. And if he is on the roster the next year, gets another $6 million guaranteed. Uh, this guy has a lot of confidence about himself, especially that comment about taking some guy under his wing. I mean, he's played in the NFL, but let's be honest, guys. He hasn't had the most uh, storied career or anything uh, in the sense he's still a young player himself. Uh, so, you know, I think the only thing he could really tell the rookie is, hey, uh, this is the meeting room. We sit here and listen to the coaches. That's about as much experience as RG3 has besides I got injured on the field. I mean, he he has gotten the playoffs at least. Yeah. Uh, you can qualify that, I guess. Brandy? Well, actually, I'm really interested at how all of this is going to go because we talked about this, you know, on Tuesday that 
I didn't think RG3 going to Cleveland and then drafting a rookie quarterback would be the best for him, but at least the way he's talking right now, it sounds like, especially with a two-year deal, like he really is looking at Cleveland as his opportunity to show the other 31 teams what he can do before Cleveland then moves on with their future. It's a very interesting thing because, I mean, that's just the way it comes out I mean, the way he's talking about because you don't sign a two-year deal and then go, well, I'm going to bring this this young kid in and, and, and show him the ropes. That's what you know old veterans are supposed to do. They're supposed to set the table before they move on. So for him to come in like this, I, something tells me that he's like, okay, listen, all these other teams are worried about my injury history, so let me go to Cleveland show that I still have the talent I had on my rookie year and then move to a different team. Mm-hmm. That, that was my thing. And, and yeah, I'm right there with you. Here's the, the issue is the fact that, you know, RG three definitely has to prove himself once again. Um, but for him to come in and automatically say he's a starter, which I think he will be, you don't pay a guy like that and just, Put him to the wayside. My issue is is with the Cleveland Browns, like we talked about last week. Do you want a young quarterback? Yes, but what are you doing uh, with a young quarterback? Because of you know the fact that RG three, he has to be disciplined. He has to learn his own things. I don't think the guy has time to be teaching anyone else because once again, he's got to learn how to be a pocket passer. He doesn't have time to sit around and coach himself. He's got to coach. Uh, he's got to have people coaching him. So. I think it's kind of a dumb statement, but do I want RG3 to do good? I certainly do. I'm hoping this turns out very well for him. If it's not going to be, you know, a future in Cleveland, hopefully he does well and proves somebody else that, you know, hey, I'm a good quarterback. I just, you know, may not be, I respect the confidence. I just don't agree with that statement. Yeah, you know, this is so weird. Uh, I'm glad for him that he's finally signed so we can stop talking about where the hell he's going to go and we already know that he's going to be with a team uh you know he has a huge challenge ahead of him now because they're going to have to fill this team out with players uh i don't know who they're going to get to fill out the the you know the squad but they let almost all of their good players go uh, that were free agents and you know now it's rg3 and whoever's going to get drafted uh, with this makeshift offensive line, with a uh, running backs that you know were decent, but you know not the best out there. You have no Travis Benjamin now. You do bring back Josh Gordon, but you never know if he's going to do something to get himself kicked off the field again. Uh, you know the defense is what it was and is, and you know that's that's a lot for RG3 to overcome. If you want to show what you can do, the good thing is he does well. It's going to really give him a feather in the cap because with a team that doesn't have a lot, if he does badly, he has a scapegoat. But how many people are really going to be saying, oh, it's because the Browns are bad and not just saying, oh, RG3 is just not that good? You know, I, I agree. And, you know, the one thing that kind of makes you wonder about this whole decision-making process for the Browns is, you know, how are they going to make those picks that they have become more valuable? 
And I think one way is, you know, uh, and another thought process is what, where does McCown, you know, where does he lie in all of this? Is he, is he going to New York? Are we going to see him in a Jets uniform? And yep, that is the scuttlebutt right now that the Jets are looking at him. So, and Randy's being quiet because I'm sure that's what he wants to hear. I'm, I'm I'm done talking about quarterback for the Jets. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, you know I want to say this. Uh, if Randy was pretty protective of McCown last year when it came to the Cleveland Browns. I thought, and that when we were talking the games, you were like, "This guy's pretty okay." Yeah, but that was for Cleveland. Oh, That's okay. <laughs> when it comes to his team, it's like, <laughs> well, no. Listen, McCown's fine. Totally fine, but. This I'll say it over and over. I don't want another quarterback in New York. I want Fitzpatrick because he fits so well, or give Geno Smith his one last shot and then send him packing, or try Bryce Petty. We don't need to be the next Cleveland where we're bringing in twenty different quarterbacks. We have a few. Just just don't bring in a Colin Kaepernick or a Josh McCown or God forbid a Johnny Manziel. To think that's going to solve it. done with Kaepernick is what. Perfect. Yeah. But I'm just saying we don't need any others. There were three on this team last year. One was great. One I thought had potential. And then you have the rookie who I still think needs a couple, at least one or two more years before I feel he's NFL ready. Don't try to stop gap it with somebody like a McCown, please. We've had enough of those quarterbacks in my lifetime. I, you know, I, I totally understand your strife here. Uh, but, you know, you, you make some points here that I think the Jets really need to focus on, and, and they need to look in the mirror and say, that we kind of have it a lot better off than some other teams in this situation would be. Uh, because, you know, at least you have a quarterback that has played uh, – and he's had an opportunity. He needs a second chance, yes, but at least he has experience. And then you got a rookie quarterback uh, who's one year under his belt. He's sat there with a clipboard. He understands what's going on. He's going to be more experienced, and you know he has potential. So there's a lot of the teams in this league that don't have that. And you know, uh, I, I would say that it's not a bad situation. It's not the best because trust me, I'm with you, Randy. If I'm the Jets. You got to find a way to get Fitzpatrick, even though he is so expensive compared to what they can afford. And that's what I'm worried about. RG three going to uh, Cleveland just means the, the Jets just lost all the leverage. I mean, because that's all they were looking at RG three for was leverage for for Fitzpatrick, and now that's gone. Oh, scary. Yeah, it is scary. I mean, because there ain't a whole lot left out there that you'd say, "Oh well, he's better than." He's sort of better than Fitzpatrick, or we could sort of use him, or uh, it's not happening now. Yeah, you know they. The uh, the thing is, it's not like they just don't want to pay him; it's they don't have the money that Fitzpatrick wants. What they need to do is, I think the Jets need to get together, and all these players need to contact the Seahawks and say, "Guys, how did you talk a guy?" who wanted more money into coming back and giving up on this because we need to call with that same philosophy and get Fitzpatrick on board. You guys did it with your safety that you missed so much for like four weeks. we got to do it with our quarterback. 
Well, I'll show you exactly how Seattle did that. They just showed him the Super Bowl trophy and said, we want another one of these. And he went, okay. And the Jets have to dust off theirs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Joe Namath shows up, hey, you like this? <laughs> yeah, I understand. Yeah, I mean, it kind of is uh, what it is at this point. I mean, with the... Uh, the it's we're still gonna keep hearing about the whatever's gonna happen with Kaepernick and all the you know with Fitzpatrick and all the other ones until something happens with them. So mm-hmm. at least we have one off the table now, and you, you move it on uh, to the next one, who whatever is gonna be that hot button. Even uh, Mike Glennon is apparently now a trade uh, a tradable quarterback. So that's, he is people are looking at him uh, instead of Fitzpatrick because he wants too much money. Uh, Mike Glennon, for you, you putting him on your team? No, put him on your team. <laughs> are we talking about my team? Your team needs quarterbacks too. Romo yeah. gets broken every two seconds. It's true. Uh, yeah, I, you know what? Glennon's fine. I don't think that he's horrible. Um, Deep ball, Glennon. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> throw hey, deep. that was two guys that had problems with that last year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, True. In uh, Castle and Whedon. So, I mean, I guess it can't be that bad. It's just. Yeah. Dallas, uh, you know, in the, their scenario, they're just looking for somebody that they want to pay in a certain frame uh, of salary. And that frame doesn't match quarterbacks these days. So. Uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they don't, you know, find a way to get some quarterback in here that has played like one game in the NFL and uh, he's willing to play for minimum wage or something. Because they are not paying for quarterbacks right now. Even Glennon's probably way out of their price range. And, well, they're and dumb. Part- Wasn't the whole point of them saying that they had to get a backup that was better than Castle and Whedon? Uh, yeah, I agree. I, I as far as Glennon goes, he's a decent quarterback. I thought he did all right with Tampa Bay. I, I don't think he would be the guy that you just give the reins to, but if you are looking for that that backup that if your quarterback goes down can go out there and start multiple games for you and you're not having to change the game plan around, Mike Glennon's that guy. Yeah, right about that. I, I agree because he's a smart quarterback. I, I just don't think Dallas is going to trade for a guy like that, um, just because I, I, I don't. I think they value all their picks so much. I mean, they're trying. And if people have paid attention to their philosophy, they're trying to take a page out of the Patriots and the Green Bay Packers book of, hey, we're going to go to the draft and build our team, and that's why they haven't been heavy in free agency. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, there is there is a, a sort of rumor going around with your team, Randy, but it does not involve quarterbacks. Uh, remember that fake Mohamed Wilkerson trade to the Bears? Well, they're apparently still trying to do that trade. But now it's Mohamed Wilkerson for Alshon Jeffrey. Oh, yes. Sign me up. I'm in. Love Alshon Jeffrey. What a crazy setup that would be to have. I mean, it's the Bears. I mean, that's what it's going to be the New York Bears. Uh, but 
I could very much see a Brandon Marshall and Alistair Jeffrey reunion and then have Decker in the slot. I'm in. Sign me up. Man, if that wouldn't be a selling point to get Fitzpatrick to come back, I don't know what is. Uh, to me, this would be dumb for the Bears um, because, yes, you could go try to get another receiver in the draft. Uh, there's no guarantee uh, that you'll get there. And you already had this issue with Kevin White last year and he got hurt. And not that Jeffrey is, you know, Jeffrey does get injured at, at times. But uh, this is a guy that Cutler uses for when it's the end of the game, it becomes a Jay Cutler and Alshon Jeffrey show. Uh, you know it's coming, but they don't stop it. Mm-hmm. And that's a problem. You take him away, that makes it difficult for um, Jay Cutler, who's already going to have a difficult problem of having a new uh, coordinator and everything. Um, for the Jets, they can totally afford to sort of not have Wilkerson. He's going to be a blow, but he's not that huge blow. And then you have Je- you know Jeffrey and uh, Marshall on both sides. Talk about lethal. Jeez, even Jay Lethal can hit you with the lethal injection, yeah. Pastor. It's just... <laughs> That's true. That's a terrifying uh, duo if you put them back together. Yeah, sure. Um, but uh, that being said, we, we move on from rumors and that scuttlebutt to things that we know are happening. Uh, this actually was out there while we were doing the podcast last time, but I kind of missed it. Uh, the L.A. Rams will be the Hard Knocks team this year. So we'll sort of get the what it's like for a team to move from one side to the other. Um, or from one, you know, basically from being one team to, to moving to a new stadium and all that, uh, along with all the stuff that happens in training camp with the team. Does it make you more or less interested? Plus, Gary, you get... About eight weeks of your boy Case Keenum. It is a dream come true. A reality show was one of the fresh-faced quarterbacks that has hit their nation in a long time. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, I don't know. That's going to be interesting. Uh, I just hope he talks about the University of Houston a lot, a lot, a lot. Uh I don't know. I mean, this could be very interesting because of that fact, Sean. It's a move. They can talk about the transition, about the players having to relocate, just everything that this involves. Um, but at the same point, it's going to be a majority about the football team, you know, what's going on in training camp, what's going on all around the, the, the whole franchise. And I'm kind of interested, too, because I really want to get a more in-depth look at, you know, Jeff Fisher and the way he does run his team. We've seen how he does from the outside, but I'd like to kind of be more on the inside and see how he really does things. What do you think, uh, Randy? Randy? Yeah. (laughs) Sorry, it doesn't off. What do we got? (laughs) Uh, We got the Rams going to the hard knocks. Oh, yeah, the hard knocks. Stuff uh, I don't watch that stuff. I don't care about that stuff. I, I did. I do have to say, I, I love the joke I heard on the radio on on my way to work the other day, where they were like, uh, in, in news. It's true that some things change as we get older. 
But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But MIDI Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. The, the, the Rams were signed up to be the Hard Knocks team. 30 other teams were happy, and Jerry Jones was wondering why they couldn't do it again. <laughs> that is too funny. <laughs> Oh, it's true though. <laughs> so, Gary, tell me the story that you were telling me off the air. I think okay, it's interesting. So, uh, you know, a little bit of information and rumor and controversy has come out about the Rams and their move and how the NFL has been entangled with the Rams for a minute here. In the way that has worked out is the fact that everybody remembers Michael Sam, correct? First openly gay player being drafted into the NFL. How is that going to work out? And many teams looked at him and said he's a okay player, but he's definitely not in the top of our list of guys we want to draft, especially at defense. Um, the NFL talked to the Rams, and I know that they kind of got into the conversation of we cannot have the first openly gay player go undrafted. We don't want the controversy that that's going to cause. We don't want people coming to the stadium saying we don't believe in gay rights, all this stuff. So we want someone to draft him. Rams, if you will draft this player, uh, we will allow you to pick the guy that you really want. We'll, we'll, we'll keep other teams away from him. Okay, so they do that. They draft him. My whole Sam's now a St. Louis Ram. He doesn't have to stay. They made that clear. As long as you draft him, we're settled. They play him a little bit. They release him. The Dallas Cowboys are contacted, and of course, we all know the connection that the Rams head, co uh, head owner and the Dallas Cowboys owner Jerry Jones have a close connection. Cowboys take him under their wing and then let him go later. For all this, 
the St. Louis Rams, now the Los Angeles Rams, were told that they did not have to do hard knocks in 20, I think it was 2014. They did not have to do that, and they would get a lot more yeses when it came to them moving to L.A. All controversy, all rumor, but do you, would you put it past the NFL? I don't know if I would. I, it sounds more like reality to me than controversy or conspiracy. Yeah, it sounds more like one of those basketball things. Uh, or NBA things. Sorry, I shouldn't say basketball. Um, what do you think, Randy? I, I'm not getting into that that theory. Uh, it seems a little far fetched. Just the fact of you know, hey, if you, you draft this guy, you want him to be on hard knocks. It, it just seems a little out there, especially now that guess what? The Rams are now going to be part of hard knocks. So. Yeah, good job. <laughs> you, you avoided that deal it. Could have said when they were the St. Louis Rams, but now you guys are the L.A. Uh, Rams. So. Yeah, well, that's it's dumb. I, I, I'm <laughs> yeah. not gonna. I don't think it's any kind of. It's just one of those goofy theories. It, it really is. It's it's a conspiracy. And, and I told you the story. By no means do I really believe in all of it. I believe in some of it. Don't get me wrong. I think there was some controversy. It was too weird the way it worked out. I don't know if all those other stipulations were involved. And the reason I'm saying that I believe more in this, in parts of this, is because of the fact that other information we're getting about the NFL involved in Congress, all that interesting stuff. So, yeah, I mean, this may be a conspiracy, but, hey, don't put it past the NFL to pull these kind of shenanigans. Yeah, that stuff with them being involved with Congress doesn't surprise me either. But, you know, that is uh, what it is. Uh, so uh, we have a few minor things with uh, Patrick Robinson signing a three-year deal with the Colts. He comes from the Chargers, and Nate Washington going to the Patriots after you know we talked about that a couple of times. Reuben Randall going to the, from the Giants to the Eagles. Um, well, at least he can go drop the ball on another team now. So. I mean, Did you uh, – I'm sorry to cut you off, but uh, I wanted to touch base on Robinson whenever you get a chance. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm okay. Gonna, um, I just opening the floor for all three of them there. Uh, you know, Ruben Randall will probably be a good fit with the Eagles. So I just want to throw that out there. But uh, Robinson, by the way, uh, it was very interesting because I live in Dallas. I hear all the news about the Dallas Cowboys. And uh, very interesting, Robinson actually made a deal with the Dallas Cowboys to come sign with Dallas uh, and to made an agreement. We're going to come and he was going to come and sign the contract. He switched agents. And when he switched agents, the other agent said, I need to get you a better deal than your former agent. And he went to another team and told them the contract that Dallas was going to sign with him. And the Colts said, we'll give you $1,000 more. And the Colts signed him. So very interesting. Uh, you know, kind of like a, a little switch and bait there. But, uh, you know, that's kind of weird stuff that happens in free agency. It's kind of funny the guy switched to agents before he signed his contract, too. That's weird. Very weird. Uh, I think Ruben Randall will be okay. I mean, he did help the Giants out sometimes when there wasn't any, you know, and he had decent chemistry with uh, Eli Manning. He just dropped the ball at the wrong time a lot of times. And that was kind of his thing. Uh, Sean Payton signs a five-year deal with the Saints. So he will be there 
probably longer than Drew Brees. Randy, I I don't I don't understand that. You know, I mean, I I I am the one who was proponent for him staying. I know, but in a way, I don't understand that because I thought maybe he would give himself a little leeway here and not lock him down himself down for five years. I thought maybe he'd sign a two year contract, see how things go. Yeah, I don't get it. Uh, I I still want to see Sean Sean Payton do something without Drew Brees. I mean, I guess we're gonna possibly find out in a few years when Drew Brees retires, but I, I still would think Sean Payton would want to move on to greener pastures. Maybe, I mean, it's a lot of money, so I can understand why he, he's signing that contract, but, but he hasn't really done that much. Like, this has been a very slow rebuild for them since uh, Bounty Gate, uh, and it really hasn't started to click. I mean, he... I know he, it wasn't just him, but they messed up the salary cap there way too rough for them. He's he's a great coach, but I, at some point you just think, okay, try something new. So to sign him in for five years like this, I mean, obviously they must have a great great chemistry all around, and that's, I mean, it's great for Saints fans, but I, I'm surprised by this move. Yeah, this is, uh, I'm surprised by it too. Figured he would kind of go with Drew Brees, but like Randy said, I kind of want to see what happens, uh, you know, as uh, the new leaf turns on the Saints and sort of uh, a new quarterback is uh, brought in. But, hey, uh, you know, Drew Brees still thinks he can play until he's 45. So, you know, you never know. Yeah. I, uh, the, uh, automatic ejection and the touchback will both passed. So, good night to kickoff returns. Sad. It is just sad. But, uh, you know, it, it's understandable once again. We, we know it's about health, but, you know, I just, I love those, uh, great plays that just come out of nowhere and, now it just seems like special teams is getting smaller and smaller. I mean, they, they might as well just go ahead and knock out the extra point, too. Just make it everybody has to do two-point conversion. There you go. That way the kickers only get paid to do field goals. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Uh... Well, I, I don't think moving it to the 25 is is really going to end kickoffs I think is going to change them drastically obviously when the ball goes into the end zone I think the returner is more likely to be coached to to kneel on the ball but really I think more of the strategy is kick it up as high as you can and get it as close to the end zone without it getting there and then saving yards there because how many times have you seen people not even make it to the 20. So now they have to get to the 25 to get to where the touch check would be. Now there's more strategy as far as the kickers go. Oh, no, I agree. Uh, but a lot of times the punters can't even get it in between, uh, you know, the 10-yard line. So I just see a lot of this failing, and it winds up in a touchback anyway. But uh, we'll have to see uh, how this goes. The automatic ejection rule is going to be 
weird because, you know, like Gary said, are you really going to see somebody get a second flag for, like, you shouldn't have been taunting someone? Or not taunting, but you shouldn't have been uh, doing an excessive celebration or something like that. I mean, I just don't see, had they made it personal fouls, I think we would have seen a lot more. But the unsportsmanlike conduct, I think they said there have been one player that would have been ejected last year if this was the case. So, uh, oh, great. Skype is deciding to be dumb. All right, uh, guys, um, last, uh, well, earlier, well, yeah, basically yesterday early morning at this point when I'm recording this, uh, my, my internet had an outage right in the middle of us having a conversation, I think, about uh, the, the automatic ejection rule getting passed. So... Uh, Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective and FDA approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. You know, Gary and Randy uh, both had uh, things that they needed to do today. Um, so what I'm going to do here is I'm kind of going to go over uh, some of the couple of things that have come out since yesterday. And then you're going to hear the interviews from both the Lions fan and the Packers fan. Kind of let you tell let um, them tell you what their team needs are. In their own words, since I did the interview with them, it's kind of pointless for me to be the only one kind of giving analysis afterwards. So basically, you're just going to hear, I'll come in between the interviews to kind of introduce, but there won't be a lot of analysis from me afterwards. Um, so I, I'm just going to, let's uh, let's go ahead and get into this here. Uh, the New Orleans Saints have been moving and, and grooving since uh, yesterday. I think some of this actually did come out yesterday. I just kind of did not see it. Uh, you know, if you guys don't know, we do this after we do our, you know, the flagship, the wrestling podcast. So it's like sometimes four or five in the morning when we're doing this show. And, you know, my faculties as far as brain power at that point are usually fried and getting to make sure that we have all the, I don't have time to do the whole big rundown that we do for the wrestling podcast at four or five in the morning. Um, so anyway, uh, the saints are probably going to sign Nick Fairley, which would give them great presence inside. If you 
uh, tie that in with, you know, what we talked about with them signing Patrick Robertson uh, to help in the secondary. Uh, they matched the offer sheet to Josh Hill, so that will allow uh, for Josh Hill to kind of provide a double tight end presence and also have a blocking uh, tight end there um, uh, for uh, for Kobe Fleener to kind of get out and be that tight end that usually we see Drew Brees like to have that he's just throwing to. Uh, Nick Fairley is going to be great addition to that line. It's going to help Cameron Jordan be able to uh, get things going on the outside there. So uh, just the Saints are, are, are getting things going and not to be outdone. Uh, the Falcons, who have been big movers in this free agency, uh, they have now signed Courtney Upshaw from the Ravens. Of course, he was really good against the run last year. Uh, he's not a big, you know, rusher or anything uh, to the quarterback. So uh, this will help Vic, uh, Vic Beasley be able to get off the end a lot better when you have that presence inside like a Courtney Upshaw to be able to, um, you know, get involved there, uh, help at the uh, sort of linebacker you know, a defensive line spot there for Courtney Upshaw. I mean, uh, Robert Hagan and I had talked about it was somebody that the Ravens really should have tried to re-sign, but I guess they couldn't come to an agreement. And now uh, Dan Quinn adding another piece to that defense, which has been uh, somewhat totally revamped uh, and uh, re- re-energized, certainly, uh, in this offseason. So, you know, you add in Derek Shelby, they bring back uh, Claiborne, uh, so, I mean, lots of moving and shaking there uh, for the Falcons, and that defense should be much improved going into next season, certainly. Uh, it's uh, if Courtney Upshaw was getting looks from the Patriots, from the 49ers. Uh, so, you know, people were in demand for him, and the uh, Falcons were able to snag him. So, certainly a, a nice coup there for the Falcons, and uh, already... Lots of movement there for the NFC South uh, between all these moves that I just have talked about here. So, I mean, the, the we just got done going over the, the NFC South last week, and they're, they're still um, moving guys here. So, I, I think pretty much we talked about all the news between uh, the RG3 stuff to start the, the what was recorded on Thursday and all of that. So I'm going to go ahead and just get into these interviews. Uh, the first one will be with a last word on sports writer. He actually writes in the basketball and baseball section over there. Um, we had him on the podcast a long time ago when we still did, you know, playoff and season previews for the other sports. Um, you know, when this was called football to football, obviously, um, so, uh, he, he goes about 20, um, yeah, about 20, almost 24 minutes talking various things about the Green Bay Packers. So, uh, here we go. Ryan Timmerman talking Green Bay Packers. All right. Doing the first, uh, interview for the podcast tonight and. With me here is Last Word on Sports, uh, writer for the basketball and baseball zones. Uh, he's been on the podcast a long time ago when we did a, uh, I don't remember if it was play. I think it was the playoff preview. Might have been regular season for basketball when we still did that. Uh, uh, Ryan Timmerman, how are you doing, man? 
Uh, we're doing good. We're doing good. How are you? Doing okay. Just trying to, you know, make it through the day, you know. Yep. So, Green Bay, uh, the Packers, of course, uh, how long have you been a Packers fan, first of all? Um, basically my whole life, um, I, I mean, yeah, pretty much my whole life grew up in Wisconsin. Um, there, there may or may not be a, uh, a picture out there of me dressing up as a, uh, Chicago Bears player when I was really little for Halloween, but, uh, I guess I was, uh, young and wanted to experiment. <laughs> uh, gotta love that. But yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, basically, but basically, been a Packer fan my whole life. All right. Well, I mean, last year was one of those. It was a weird year. They uh, went through some very up and downs. Uh, they were off to a flying start, and they went through a losing streak. Carry uh, got through that with a miraculous play you could say uh and then went on to the playoffs and almost pulled a big upset how do you feel about that season in general um yeah like you said it was a really uneven year um started out good then kind of you know um hit kind of a, a downer uh toward the middle of the season um when when George Nelson got hurt last year, I was kind of of uh, the school of thought that Aaron Rodgers could pretty much just make anybody, um, you know, if not an all-pro receiver, you know, close or at least good enough to get by. Um, at, at times last year it looked really bad, but then toward the end of the year you had guys like uh, Jeff Janis and Jared Aberderis come through, so – um, at different points last year, I think I was—I I felt like I was proven wrong and proven right, kind of at different points. But, but yeah, just a really uneven year and um, looked—it it was bad at times. And and you know, for for Packer fans, it was it was kind of a an eye-opening experience um, toward the middle of the season because we're not used to seeing average quarterback play, and it kind of it was. You know, it it kind of bordered on average quarterback play with Rodgers, and I don't necessarily think it was on him, but, um, yeah, just kind of the offense in general just wasn't very impressive. Well, what would you say was the reason for that? Uh, if you're not saying it's totally on Rodgers, what would you say would be the reason why you got that mediocre play from Rodgers? Uh, well, the... The receiving core um, had trouble creating separation, um, and the the offensive line was banged up, kind of here and there. They were missing some pieces there, um, but I think I think probably the biggest reason was just the the ineffectiveness of Eddie Lacy. Um, just teams didn't have to play the run at all, and they could just they could drop another guy in coverage, play some nickel dime, and and just kind of match up match up with the Packers receivers. Um, you know, we're, we're still kind of looking for the, the game-changing tight end, which Richard Rodgers maybe can be at times. But, but then, yeah, they could teams could just double-team Randall Cobb, take him out. And then, you know, we had the rookie Ty Montgomery, who 
you know, he, he kind of showed some flashes, but then he got hurt and was out for the year. So um, I, I think I, I just think that was the biggest reason is we uh, I said we I, um, the Packers. Uh, I just think they they just became really predictable. We is totally acceptable on this podcast. You're fine. Oh, oh all right. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, you're, you talked about that, and it, obviously, you know, Jordy Nelson not being there was a big deal uh, for the Packers, but there's a lot of people, uh, you know, that maybe uh, in people that don't watch the Packers so closely would say, there's no way that Jordy Nelson was such a huge impact on the team that – it just affected everybody else like that. From somebody that watches him closely, how how big is he to to the Packers' offense? Um. Well. Well. Like I said, I I didn't really think it would be that huge of a loss when it happened because I thought that Aaron Rodgers could make up for it. But um. So I I guess I don't really have a good answer to that because I. I didn't really think it would ha- have that huge of an impact, but um, I think I, I think it was just um, the, that they they didn't really have a, a, a true deep threat. Um, Randall Cobb can be a deep threat, but like I said, they were you know he saw double teams all year, and he kind of got frustrated, and uh, he his role kind of diminished a little bit. I I, I questioned at times. Um, how they use him, his role, Randall Cobb's role in the offense, because they're seeing. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Seems to be times in the past where kind of the the break glass in case of emergency thing was um, to, you know, line up Randall Cobb in the backfield or to kind of find gimmicks to get him the ball. And they really they didn't do that a ton last year, so I, I guess it was just it was just that Jordy Nelson was just a, a deep threat that teams didn't have to worry about. Yeah, certainly, and I mean it. You could definitely see it in just uh, the way that, like you said, just they could not get separation. It was so hard, and then not only that, they would drop the ball, uh, which was another issue for them entirely. Uh, but you also mentioned, you know, Eddie Lacy, and I mean, the Packers, a lot of what the Packers have done this season has kind of been their MO for many seasons, uh, re-signing players that they already have. Uh, they don't, mm-hmm. not not going after that huge 
splash or whatever. And so one of those is uh, signing uh, James, re-signing James Stark. So you keep that same backfield and you kind of know what James Stark brings, but Eddie Lacy is supposed to be your lead guy. And he's kind of had this ebb and flow to him. It's like, whether it's with his weight or whether it's in his play, what do you think is going on with him? Yeah, I, I think uh, it was, you know, his weight, everybody points to his weight and that was definitely an issue uh, that probably cost him a step. Maybe, you know, he couldn't quite get to the outside or, you know, beat a, beat the D end to the, you know, and on, on an off tackle run, stuff like that. Um, but yeah, him and, him and Starks, they, they do different things. They complement each other well. Starks, uh, Starks has a little more wiggle. He's, he's a little quicker, but um, they they go together well. And, but it just, for whatever reason, Lacey just, he couldn't get it going last year. He never really, never really found any momentum to carry on to, you know, the, the next game or whatever. And um, just, it feels like Eddie Lacy never got going last year, uh, so it was a, a forgettable season uh, for his, on, on his part. And uh, I just I think um, that he he maybe maybe he had some nagging injuries that we don't know about, uh, but uh, it was just just never got going. Yeah, I mean, well, I guess I'm sure that will come out during uh, training camp or something. Uh, you know, they like to discuss mm-hmm. uh, those kind of things then. But do you think that now this season with, uh, I'm guessing, a lot of other people healthy, you know, um, the one thing that kind of came out of the whole having Jordy Nelson heard and having some of the other guys be ineffective is the – uh, the revelation of Jeff Janis and Aberderis kind of being guys that Aaron Rodgers could count on. So are you thinking that we're going to see a lot more of them this upcoming season now? They're going to be feature guys? or I mean, you still have all all of them kind of in the mix, so it's at least certainly gives Aaron Rodgers more people to, to play with. Right. Uh, yeah, they... I mean, yeah, they they're getting Nelson back. We 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 talked about Cobb, um, Devontae Adams. We haven't really brought him up, but kind of you alluded to him because he was the one guy who was really inconsistent last year. Uh, had some big drops, um, and then and then Ty Montgomery, and then yeah, Janice and Aberdeer. So there's six receivers right there that are that are at the very least at least capable of of, of you know playing in an NFL game. They belong in on NFL rosters. I wouldn't put it past Ted Thompson to draft a receiver uh, somewhere, maybe round two to two through four, some, somewhere in there. He likes taking receivers early on in the draft, so maybe add one. So between Janice and Aberderis, uh heading heading into next year, there there might only be room for for one of them on the roster if if another receiver is brought in. But I, I think I think the receiving core. For as bad as they were at times last year, I, I think they're perfectly fine, and I, I think everybody in the Packers organization is is satisfied with with that position as a whole, outside of maybe bringing in another one in the draft. 
So looking at uh, the other side uh, of the ball, we talked a lot offensively. You know, defensively, they also kind of had, I mean, there was injuries uh, to the secondary at various times. Um, you know, they were, uh, you had some guys step up. Uh, and Clay Matthews, um, hearing a lot of people saying that he's going to move uh, back to the uh, outside linebacker spot. Is that really his best spot? Do you think he plays better uh, on the end instead of inside? Uh, yeah, he was. He was definitely. He's definitely better suited to be to be on the outside, um, just so he can, you know, be the edge rusher uh, consistently. You know, his it, uh, just his his best attribute is without a doubt uh, rushing the passer. So to put him in a spot where he can, where that's his main job is to be the to be the edge rusher definitely suits him better and suits the team better as a whole. And uh, just having him on the inside, he, he was he was fine there. He was well, he was more than fine. But the I think the middle linebacker in general, kind of you look throughout the league, um, it, it's the middle linebacker position has sort of become the defensive equivalent of the running back to spot where it's sort of devalued uh, around the league because uh, I'm looking at the the salaries from middle linebackers and there's only there's only two that average that uh, have a salary of of ten million or more and that's Luke Keekley and Bobby Wagner and those guys are great but uh, Wagner White Wagner's uh, you know he's a special player, but Keekley's probably the only middle linebacker in the entire league that I would say is is a a game breaker at the middle linebacker position. So uh, I just I just think that's kind of a devalued position in general. So I, I think that's it's the best move to move Clay Matthews back outside. So what do you think that the team needs? Uh, what are their, some of their priorities going here into, into this draft? Uh, well, uh, it might seem contradictory to what I just said, but they do they do need to bring in another middle linebacker probably. They're getting Sam Barrington back. He was hurt. But other than that, they're kind of thin. Um, Jake Ryan was he – was, he was fine, but – wasn't any didn't show anything special uh, last year. So middle linebacker, um, they you know BJ Raji retiring was sort of a, a mildly shocking development. Um, so D line could use some depth at, at D line, uh, and then going back over to the offensive side, tight end is a pretty glaring need. Uh, but I think I think that's a about it as far as as far as the the real big needs other than that it's just just trying to add some more depth um well and an offensive line that could be a bit of a concern because uh i think pretty much the the uh bakhtiari the left tackle and then both guard spots are both they all three of them are going into contract years so it's going to be really hard to keep the offensive line intact. So if you're kind of projecting out beyond even next year, uh, they're going to have to find 
a, a replacement somewhere on the offensive line, if not two spots on the offensive line. Yeah, that was certainly an issue, especially when almost all of them went down at the same time. It's crazy sometimes the people right. that Rodgers had blocking in front of him. So we, we I talked about, or you know, both of us talked about Jeff Janis earlier. Another thing that was big about him was him in the return game. What do you think about this new rule that they just uh, approved about moving the touchback to the 25? Yeah, I guess it was expected because that's kind of the the one area where the the NFL is kind of cracking down because they're they're kind of filing it all under the uh, protecting the players with the concussion issue and stuff. So they kind of picked out um, the the kickoff to as sort of the one area to go after, so they can hold something up and say say you know we're we're doing we're doing this to protect the players. I don't think it's a, a huge deal, other than other than you know the kickoff return is a really exciting part of the game. But I guess that's more from a fan perspective. Um, so Janice Janice was was really good as a, the kick returner, but now that now that that's kind of going to be going away more and more, and you're going to see more and more touchbacks all the time, uh, I don't even know how much that matters at all, even even if you have, a, a you know, the greatest kickoff returner, it probably won't mean a ton going forward. All right, so you would consider uh... – I guess I should get this answer from you because, you know, it's, uh, it seems to be a, a divided thing because Mike McCarthy came out and said he was kind of upset with it after last season. Where do you stand on the whole, the way that Ted Thompson does the offseason not going for that big splash and all that in free agency? Do you like the way that they've built the team over the years or would you have rather him kind of go for the, the bigger names sometimes? Uh, I'm fine with it. Um, he has, you know, there was the the Charles Woodson signing that that paid off in spades. That was proud. I mean, for what they signed him, uh, you know, because there wasn't really a market for him at the time. He was coming off injuries in Oakland, and uh, so Ted, Ted Thompson will dabble in free agency, but he kind of he sets a price for guys and sort of lets lets them come to him. Um, so, you know, when, when you go, when you go out after free agents, uh, you kind of have to be prepared to overpay for them. So if you can draft guys, uh, you're obviously getting guys that are younger and cheaper. So usually, uh, when you see teams that really go hardcore after free agents, they're going after free agents to fill draft needs. And and Ted's done a phenomenal job drafting, so I don't I don't I don't have a problem with the way he approaches it because he really hasn't had a ton of mistakes drafting. There's there's been a few high high round picks that haven't panned out, but he's gotten a ton of value in the later rounds, and so I I don't have any problems with it. Uh, so yeah, no complaints here. So looking moving ahead now to training camp we're done with the offseason you would say it was a successful offseason because 
what three things happened? Um, I guess I guess I would even I guess I would struggle to come up with three things just because we're as Packer fans, uh, you kind of get used to it being a boring off season. So I I can't and you know I can't necessarily give any any information you know anything for the for the draft because it hasn't happened yet. So um, I guess uh, one thing would be bringing back James Starks. I think that was huge. Um, uh, uh, and then I don't know, just kind of. Just kind of seeing how some young guys, well, Nelson coming back too. That's that. That's another big one. And then other than that, just seeing how some of the younger guys develop. Uh, Demarius Randall was the first round pick last year, and he looked great last year. He's kind of he was more or less the reason that they um, that they let Casey Hayward walk. So so there's there's a couple. Um, other than that, uh, I guess I guess maybe it's encouraging for Packer fans knowing that they just promoted uh, Elliot Wolf. Um, he's the son of Ron Wolf, the old, the former GM, but they promoted him, so it kind of looks like looks like he's in line to take after, take over for Ted Thompson whenever Thompson decides to leave. So it's kind of reassuring knowing that there's stability in the, within the franchise and that there's sort of that. Uh, that progression in place for the front office. Um, other than that, the most exciting thing that's happened for the Packers this offseason is Aaron Rodgers saw a UFO 11 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> uh, are you are you a UFO, UFO guy? Do you believe in those things? Uh, um, I guess so, but I I don't really know. So, so you have you have not been like Aaron Rodgers and seen one yourself. I have not seen one myself, um, and I don't even know if I'd really like to. I think it would kind of spook me. I don't know if I'd ever sleep again after that. Totally understandable. Well, Ryan, <laughs> uh, you have uh, answered all of our questions uh, uh, in a great manner. Thank you, sir, uh, for helping out. Uh, we will be doing another round of these after the draft, so we'll be uh, hitting you back up when it's time to talk Packers again. But thank you uh, so much for, for helping out. Do um, you have anything uh, recent that you've written or anything you want to plug? Um, uh, my most recent article was just uh, I wrote about Chris Bosh, kind of his his situation with the Miami Heat. He's kind of had a, a tough run with the the blood clots and stuff um so that's kind of it's unfortunate for him and i kind of kind of explored some an issue like you know we kind of kind of get lost in all the all the analysis in sports just especially especially in the nba just you know they're they're giant human beings and they they deal with a lot that kind of the you know the more common people don't necessarily ever have to worry about or even think about so um kind of kind of explored that a little bit but other than that uh not too much looking forward to the nba playoffs and getting baseball going all right well uh 
Yeah, one of my co-hosts is a huge baseball fan, so he's ready for that thing to start, too. But all right, Ryan, you have a good night, sir. Yeah, uh, thanks for having me on. All right, that was Ryan uh, talking about his Packers. Uh, I think he pretty much kind of nailed everything there as to what they need. Uh, We kind of covered the big uh, questions looming, even you know, Aaron Rodgers and his uh, seeing a UFO. So, you know, um, I don't know about those myself, uh, but this isn't that kind of podcast. So uh, maybe if we had Randy and uh, Gary on here, we we could uh, actually talk about that kind of thing. But I'm sure uh, you guys don't want to hear us talk about uh, beliefs in uh, UFOs or not. So I'm going to go ahead and move things along to uh, Jack Coleman. He helped me out right at the last minute before we had to do the podcast, uh, the, the wrestling podcast on Thursday night, uh, talking about the Lions. I thought I was just, this was going to be the first team that I couldn't find a fan of. Um, but uh, yes, uh, he is a lifelong uh, Lions fan. Uh, been since, probably since uh, they've been around. So, um, or at least in his family, anyway, not not just himself. But uh, yeah, Jack uh, covers everything, talking about Calvin Johnson, his feelings on that, uh, the team in general, what they need. Um, you know, talking about some of the players and and all. And Matthew Stafford, uh, a lot about Matthew Stafford as well. So, all right, here we go. Jack Coleman talking about the Detroit Lions. Okay, so here we are doing the second uh, interview for the podcast today, and I am here with Jack Coleman, a lifelong uh, Detroit Lions fan. How are you doing tonight, sir? I'm doing good, Sean. Thank you very much. How are you? Doing all right. All right. You know, make it through the days, you know? Right on. So, I mean, some of that, Detroit Lions season last year, you could call it them trying to just make it through. Uh, <laughs> they, they they at one point changed everybody on the staff almost except for the head coach, and they improved after, you know, Jim Bob Cooter was made offensive coordinator. What did you think about all the moves that the team made during the season? Well, I'm personally in favor of it. I mean, uh, Lombardi, when he was here, I mean, I'm, like I said, I'm loyal to Detroit and the fan and, and our team. And Lombardi to me was a green Bay guy. He didn't deserve to be here. Um, and I think that that was a lot of, a lot of controversy. You know, he liked to stay in the booth, didn't like to be on the field. A lot of stuff that, you know, you got, if you're going to be a team, you got to be part of the whole thing. Um, I don't think he was that uh, that guy. When when Cooter stepped in, I mean him and Stafford are on the same page. Uh, they, he he did well. I really think that uh, I I think that the change was was good. Believe uh, believe you me. I, I a lot of people don't agree, but I believe that that change was good, and I think that Cooter's going to be okay where he's at. So I mean that being said, you know the the office and everybody involved decides to keep Jim Caldwell on instead of, you know, getting rid of him as well after the team uh, obviously improved uh, after all the other changes were made. Uh, how do you feel about Caldwell staying on? 
Uh, I, I think that's a good move. I don't, I'm glad they didn't get rid of him. Um, he's got a lot of knowledge. He knows. Uh, I mean, he made uh, he made some bonehead calls, in my opinion, last year through the season. Uh, I mean, for one, that Hail Mary when Green Bay beat us, um, that was just a rotten, rotten play, rotten call. He should have, you know, put some guys out there, called a timeout, did something of that nature. But other than that, second half, he he kind of got into a groove. Uh, the players like him. Um, I think, you know, with, with Mr. Ford passing away and Martha taking over the, over this team, that's a big, I don't know, big bruise, I guess, you know, but uh, I think the guys are looking at it like, you know, they might want to play for Mrs. Ford. All I kept hearing from all my buddies and other fans is man, that the Fords need to sell the Lions for us to ever win. So I'm hoping that that don't happen. I mean, I just want us to have a winning team and we haven't had one yet to make it all the way there. We had great chances, uh, but um, I think I think that uh, they they just didn't click for the, like the ownership or the coaches or or the office. Like you know, even everybody that's been changed, all them guys were were like friends of a friend. They weren't in it for the sports. They got hired in from somebody that they knew. You know what I mean? I mean, I know they were in the sports situation, but it was the same old thing back when. Russ Thomas was here. All them years he was here, it just kept on, you know, it was buddy, buddy, buddy. It wasn't nothing to do with let's do this the right way. So maybe this, you know, with Quinn coming in, Martha taking over, Stafford's looking, I mean, I guess he's happy. I, I'm upset with Calvin Johnson. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. don't understand why he ain't coming back, but I mean, he's on reserve. So, I mean, reserve retire. That could mean he could come back. There's a lot of, a lot of ifs, but I think the Lions will be a contender here in the next couple of years. Um, so, I, I mean, think they're going to... You said good. Uh, you said you're upset with Calvin Johnson. Yeah, I am. They, I, I, he had he, he signed for till, you know 2019. He's still able to. I know that he's sore. I mean, you know, he's been beat up, but you know that's he, this is the way the NFL's played. Um, you sign on with a team, and we weren't expecting him to leave. You know what I mean? We're not. We wasn't expecting to go out and try to find us another wide receiver. And now we're scrambling. I mean, we picked up Jones, uh, picked up that cow, that cowler guy. Those, I, I don't know if they're going to fit in. Um, I just, uh, I don't know. So we have to go now to the draft, and we have to go to free agencies. There's, there, there, there's a lot of stuff going on in Detroit, buddy. A lot of stuff going on here. 
Certainly. Uh, did uh, I mean you said you're you're kind of unknown about them, but how do you feel about say uh, you know the Marvin Jones bringing the J- Jeremy Curley guys that are supposed to sort of I guess do what they can to replace what Calvin Johnson was giving you. Well, I mean, I like the fact, you know, Jones, I always did like him. I liked him in college. I liked him when he was in Cincinnati. Um, I, but I just don't know. Uh, I, I think they're going to have to find somebody else to believe me. I mean, a lot of people think we're in trouble. I really don't think we're in that much trouble as everybody thinks we are. I think our young line, we need a lineman. I mean, we got to have a couple more guys on that offensive line. Uh, uh, we get that together. Our defense stayed pretty strong, even after losing Sue. And um, I, I just, you know, like I said, we're we're a couple pieces of that puzzle away to make it really right. And with Calvin going down and Jones and this uh, Carly or Kaylee, whatever, he's coming in. I, I don't even know. I, you know, I haven't heard of this guy. So let's see if, uh, you know, if they can do something for us. Um, I, I just, uh, I, Matthew Stafford, I think is just now getting into his form. I, I, I think he is just settling in and, uh, he's going to be, uh, one to, to, uh, reckon with. He got everything. He's going to tear up the league. He just needs the help. He needs a little bit of blocking and some guys to catch and we'll, we'll be okay. Yeah. And that was certainly yeah. something you saw from Stafford last year. Once uh, Cooter kind of got the reins of the offense was that you kind of sort of saw Matthew Stafford, like when he came in, he was, he was running more. Right. He was uh, just finding the passes. It wasn't anything totally complicated and he wasn't making dumb decisions. Right. Uh, so you, you really feel confident now about, Stafford going in this season? Yes. Yeah, I think that uh, Stafford's going to be the man. I think that, uh, I, I mean, I really like the guy as far as toughness. Uh, he's, you know, I mean, I don't care who you are in the backfield as a quarterback. If you ain't got time to set your feet and look downfield, you're not going to make no throws, you know, and we didn't have that at the first half of the season. They were, hit, my man was getting beat up bad. Every time he backed up, he was getting hit, and uh, right. I, I couldn't stand that. You know what I mean? And then, I, and I think that it was just a dysfunctional situation, you know, uh, with Lombardi and, and 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 the way they had that little setup going. You know, they all had their little way. They it wasn't team united. Um, right. uh, they need that, and and with Cooter and all that, they're they're team united. I mean, Cooter's in the locker room with these guys. You know what I mean? Where Lombardi would just stroll through it. So I, I gotta say, I'm not too, I, I'm, I, I think we're going to be a, uh, we're going to be a contender. I, I think we're going to, we're going to be a contender in this NFC. I don't think that you're going to throw us away yet because we still have, you know, our defense is. I think they improved on that side on the soft season. I'm not too sure about the offense and, uh, I, I know we need some more offensive linemen, but our defense has improved. We got a couple of big safeties that we picked up that I think can can handle that deep ball threat, um, and, and that's one that was burning us. You know, that was the thing that burned us. So uh, we stop. We eliminate that part of that on the defensive side. I'm not worried about our defensive side. 
our offensive side, I'm worried about, you know, our running backs and our wide receivers. I was about to ask you, what do you think? You know, you re-signed York Bell. You had Abdullah last year. Uh, Seemed like they were starting to get him more involved in the offense as the season went on. What do you think about your tandem back there? Well, I think that uh, they're going to be good. I think uh, he's going to. Bell, see, Bell was 14. He was injured last year. He, you know, in that off season, he got fixed. He's supposed to come in last year, be 100%. Uh, they just didn't put him in there, and I think that had to do a lot with Lombardi and the way he wanted to, to do his offense. Run, you know, power running is the Lions. We always had a good back. Always, you know, Lions been known for having a decent back. Uh, now we're trying to get some power running or something. I'm. Not used to that in the Detroit Lions game, you know, since uh, Steve Owens, I think. <laughs> so how long ago was that? And that was our power running game. Other than that, we always had a finesse back, somebody that can move, dance. Uh, and now we picked up this young guy, and uh, he got hurt. Uh, hopefully he can come back and be okay. But I think that uh, the way they had to do Bell, I think they wanted to keep him. And I think he's going to stand up and come in as a fullback this year. And uh, I, I think, you know, he'll be uh, – that's what I said. That With Riddick and him coming out of the backfield, catching the ball, that's what's saving us, you know, with Calvin being gone. So, yeah, we're, 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 not, in, we're not out of the, out of the heat yet, but I'd like to see us get a decent draft, and I'd like to see us pick up a couple of good, you know, linemen, offensive linemen. So, I mean, you, we did, you've said that many times uh, now, so – you think pretty much everywhere else other than offensive linemen, you're pretty much set then? If, if you go get some guy, you know, get a few guys in the draft offensive lineman-wise and they sort of pan out, you think you're, you're kind of set, you're ready to go? I think, I think we're going to be doing damage. I really do. That's how close to that puzzle that we are away. Um, I mean, I've been watching Stafford since he came – here and watched what you know the line that he's played with and look at the stuff that he's done without the line right. I mean look at the records that he's broke you know uh look at how fast he's to climb the charge and he never had the offensive line you know what I mean he's yeah he had a decent back and he had a, some great receivers and a lot of them receivers got yardage after the catch but a lot of them wasn't so um like I said give him an offensive line with what we have right now, and um, we're going to take this NFC. So yeah, we're going to we're going to take mean, it. I know you said you were kind of upset about Kevin Johnson, but what what do you think is his uh, legacy for you? you it's a Hall of Famer for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's going to be a Hall of Famer for sure. But uh, they wanted to retire his number already. They're talking about that. I've seen that a couple of times and I voted against it. Um, there's a, another player years back, you know, one of like the first black player wore 81 ever to play for the Lions. That's, you know, that's an important part of history in NFL. I think uh, if he was going to stay out his three years, play till 19, I'd have gave him his, I'd, I'd, have, I'd have voted for that. But since he didn't want to, it's like another Barry Sanders, same kind of deal. They walk away because they're frustrated. I understand. And I don't, I don't think that they'll ever say that, but I think that that's the main reason, you know, they're just frustrated, not winning, not taking these big games home. And, uh, I think that, you know, they, 
flame that office, you know. And now that that got all discombobulated and it's all new, you know, let's see what happens. And I think he should have stayed. Come back one more time, you know. That's all I'm asking, Calvin. Come back one more time. Be one of the biggest red zone threats in football, you know. Uh, him and Matthew Stafford would tear it up if he, you know, in that in that red zone if they come back for one more year if he had a line, you know. So they're working on that line now, I guess, and hopefully they can pull something out of their hat. Quinn, I don't know. I mean, here I'm in awe again because here we got all these guys coming from New England, and you know, I, 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 that's one of my rival teams. I can't stand them. Uh, you know, they're they're just a bunch of uh, liars, cheaters, and all that stuff in my eyes. <laughs> so, uh, and now we're picking guys up from them. You know, I mean, Belichick had a big part of Quinn coming to Detroit. And now that we got Quinn here, you know, he's from there. He's pulled in one other guy with him. And I noticed he didn't get too crazy and bring everybody over, which I was glad. But he got one guy in, you know, and that's, to me, that's what I'm trying to stay away from is that buddy stuff. That buddy stuff never worked in Detroit. So, right. I mean, stay, <clears throat> stay away from the buddy stuff. Do you, do you think uh, Calvin might come out of retirement come, or do you think he's – he said. Yeah, I think he. I, I'm not going to throw him out there. Everybody said he's retired, retired, and I keep telling everybody I, I'm not. I'm not sold on it yet. Yeah, I'm not sold on it yet. So you said I, you you voted on the. Are you a season ticket holder or something? Or no, no. I just I have a form, alliance form on. Oh, okay, okay. We have a page on on the internet, and um. We just uh, everybody's talking, and they sent one of them posts around about him retiring his number. Yeah. And uh, I just I answered, no, I don't believe that they should. I think that you know he's, I mean, if uh, my Sean, you got to understand, three more years are left on his contract, not right. one, three. You know what I mean? Uh, I can see, you know, if there was just one year left. But he's he, he we we didn't we were looking we weren't even looking in that area for a wide receiver at that caliber for another couple of years, right? And and now he just you know retires, um, kind of threw a wrench in the machine in my eyes, you know. Yeah, certainly. So, I mean, even even though he didn't have the greatest of years last year, he was still you know he's still that guy that <laughs> you got to put. <coughs> two guys on him because at any moment you leave him one-on-one, he's, he's a threat. You know? so. Right. Well, that's what I'm saying. Even in that red zone, you know, you can put two guys on him in the roof. All you got to do is loft one high. He's jumping up and catching it. He's going to outget them to, to get the football. And I think that that's all he needed to hear come in for the red zone. I mean, there was a lot of controversy on him. I mean, uh, can we get into that? Do we have time for this? No, go ahead. I, I like, okay. This Calvin Johnson thing, the controversy on him coming in and out of here was, you know, he was sore. He was, his ankles hurt. He doesn't come in spring. You know, a lot of the players in the locker room, I can understand, you know, that that's team United stuff. Well, they, he wanted to come back and be on like a half practice, you know, or not full practice, just participating in all the, you know, the, the film and stuff to that nature. But as far as padded practice and stuff, they were trying to give him lighter work so that he doesn't, you know, doesn't be hurt as bad coming into the season. Um, all that stuff. I think the other players got upset a little bit over that, or or either that he felt that they got it, you know, they were going to get upset, so he just decided not to come in right away. Or, or and then I don't think that Quinn, 
you know, he gave him an ultimatum, you know, you got to tell me now, which uh, I think Calvin Johnson should have said something right off the bat instead of let us, let us hang. But he, uh, there's too much involved with Calvin Johnson leaving the Lions instead of him staying. You know, if he'd have stayed, it wouldn't have been as bad. It wouldn't have been, we would have been looking for the linemen that we needed. We'd have looked for them safeties that I think they picked up. I'm hoping them guys step up to the plate like they should. And uh, our, our, our puzzles, our pieces of our puzzle were there. And now, now we're just back to this uh, looking, looking and, you know, trying to figure it out. Hey, I'm not taking none away from these two guys that we just picked up either. I'm not saying that these guys might not shine. Look at Tate, how he came to Detroit and just shined, you know. Right. And and he did, you know, even where with Seattle, he was outstanding. And uh, But still, he just, he's going to be our number one guy now. We're going to have Golden Tate as our number one receiver. Um, well, now, now it's his time I, to put up or shut up, you know. Exactly. He's got a. He's got to. Uh, you know. He's he's going to see more double coverage than probably he's ever seen in his life. Uh, he's going to see more. You know, aggravated plays. I call them is when they pick out a guy. A defensive man will pick out a guy on the offensive team, and they're going to aggravate that guy all day long. And he's going to see that a lot more than he's ever seen it because he's going to be that number one shoe. And they know that that's we don't have no big threats we're going to have to have us you know we don't have no big strong running back that you know we can say hey we're going to guarantee you 1500 yards this year i i don't i don't see that i'm not going to take any way anything away from stafford because you know who knows how many you know yards and numbers he'll put up uh but i know he's going to give it his all and then uh you know so we're we're at that wait and see game we got to sit here and wait and see again after last year, our hopes were so high on going all the way to the playoffs and everything, and then right off the bat, it got diminished. And then halfway through the season, they showed a little bit of light, and then they finished real strong. So th- this off season is very important, buddy. I mean, this is one of the one of the most important off seasons that I can remember in a long time, probably in 15, 16 years. You know, I like a lifelong fan. I'm 53. I've uh, been watching Lions ever since I, my, you know, my dad was a fan. He's passed, but he, ever since I can remember sitting with him, we've been a, you know, Lions fan. So we, uh, we've seen a lot of it, and I haven't been to the big game yet. Very disappointed. So you would say this is a successful off season if what three things happen? Well, we need to get some linemen. We need to uh, make sure. The guys that we're getting that, you know, they picked up are going to, are going to, you know, perform. I noticed one thing, man, that everybody seems to come to Detroit for the paycheck. Really don't care about the team, you know, or, or, or they're not really a Detroit fan or love the city or, or something. I'd like to see that. I'd like to see more players coming over here that like the city or love the city or want to play for Detroit. Uh, not just for the paycheck. I mean, um, I mean, we've seen it how many times. I mean, even with, you know, look at Sue, what he did. And, um, you know, then he went and jumped over to Miami, made himself look really foolish. But what are you going to do? These guys are, 
these guys are NFL players. They need to act like it when they're on the field in Detroit anyway. They come to our team. The guys that's been coming to our team, the only one, I like I said, this Golden Tate really impresses. He really impressed me when he came to Detroit and just in, and, and took it all in, took the whole city, took the team, and uh, he's doing well, and um, I, I have no complaints with that at all. Lombardi, I'm glad he left. Cooter, I hope he stays. Caldwell, we'll see how he does with this season. Uh, I think him and Quinn are already having their little spat, so we'll see what happens. Um, but other than that, yeah, I think they did good on the soft season. I think that uh, that we're gonna we're looking okay. We're not as bad a shape as everybody thinks we are. All right, Jack. Well, you answered all of our questions here. Uh, I want to thank you for helping out and coming on. Well, I appreciate it, Sean. And if you need me ever again, you can call me, buddy. All right, man. Well, that that's uh, a good deal. Uh, it's it's hard enough trying to find a Lions fan. Tell you tell you something. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm I'm in Northern Michigan, my man. I moved out of the city. I used to go down and watch them all the time. I mean, I've seen them in Tiger Stadium, Old Brig Stadium. I used to watch them there, watch them at Pontiac, and I have been to Ford Field once. So um, I've seen a lot of it, you know. But come on, man, we need we need a winning season, buddy. <laughs> well, we need a win. We'll we'll all be hoping the Lions uh, do better in the next season. But uh, thank you again, Jack, and uh, you have a good night, sir. You too, buddy. Thanks a lot. All right. Well, that was Jack Coleman talking about his Lions. Uh, you know, offensive line was a huge deal last year with Stafford uh, running for his life a lot of times. They shorted up. Better because once Jim Bob Cooter came in, he kind of uh, was able to get the ball out of Stafford's hands faster because it was about, okay, taking those drops, letting the ball out, uh, finding that receiver. You know, it wasn't so much about necessarily uh, getting uh, just taken forever with the ball and holding it. And he would even start running more, as I said earlier. So, I mean, you know, uh, he's not too far off. That division is going to be very tight next year. It's going to be interesting to see, you know, if the Bears can have that, you know, Kevin White come back and be the guy that they thought he was going to be before he got injured last year. And, you know, that so the offense does well. If the the, uh, defensive improvements pan out for them, if, you know, the Packers are going to keep being the Packers and their defense should get better with with, uh, those uh, changes there. And... Uh, the Vikings are, I think, they're if Teddy Bridgewater can get things down, and that offensive line can can hold uh, defenders and give him more time to find spots and 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 find uh, and they get that receiver that they really need uh, to go uh, opposite of Stephon Diggs, they can they can really make some waves. And I mean, Detroit, if anything, if their defense wasn't too bad last year, if they can sort of be serviceable on that end. And maybe they'll sort of be the New Orleans Saints kind of thing. That They might have to outscore people to win, but uh, they might be winning more games than losing uh, last year. I mean, we did get to a point where almost uh, at one point all the NFC North teams could have been in the playoffs. Of course, that had to do with the NFC East being so bad and just a lot of the NFC being bad, period. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. Uh, that's going to do it for this episode of the podcast. Sorry, it's about... Uh, a couple of days, it's a day late, uh, 
Um, but uh, at least we uh, promised you we got you through the NFC North. And on Monday, uh, we'll be doing at least the Seattle Seahawks. I don't know if we'll be doing the Rams uh, that day or we'll save it for next uh, that next uh, Thursday show. And we'll, we'll be heading into that NFC West next week. Of course, I will also uh, be out of town. I'll be in Dallas for the WrestleMania, so I will not be around a computer, so it's going to be a little bit harder to uh, get these interviews done, but we'll see uh, how we can uh, figure this one out, especially for that Thursday show. So, uh, just want to say thank you to everybody for listening. Of course, uh, if you're a fan of any of the other podcasts that we have, uh, uh, you can subscribe to that WTM Network, uh, write and review. You can write and review the WTM Network itself, or you can just write and review this podcast, Football to the Max, and uh, then, uh, you know, that would help us out a lot. So uh, thank you uh, again. Um, and we'll be back on Monday night, Tuesday morning, with more news, uh, at least Seattle Seahawks and another NFC West team. Until then, later, everybody. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.